Welcome to the Backstretch on News 5's Heather Williams, and it's not the same. I mean, it's just not the same. What Austin Dillon had done to him by Austin Cindric at St. Louis is not the same as what happened between Denny Hamlin and Chase Elliott at Charlotte. First of all, look at the data. You can see in the data that Austin Cindric was not intentionally trying to turn Austin Dillon. Did it look the same as far as what Dylan's car did and what Denny Hamlin's car did? Yes, but the question here is intent. And you can see the difference in intent in the data. But second of all, to me, the bigger issue is the speeds. You're not going as fast at St. Louis as you're going at Charlotte. And so to send somebody in the wall, even if it was on purpose at St. Louis, is not the same as doing it at Charlotte. So, I mean, I know everybody hates Toyotas, they particularly hate Denny and they hate Bubba. So, you know, they're going to always see this as special treatment, a certain segment of the population, but I'm sorry, it's not the same. It's not the same. So, um, I just have to get that off my chest right off the bat because I'm frustrated at, with the reaction to all of this from, from certain segment of the population of NASCAR fans, which I know I shouldn't be paying attention to anyway, and, and, and yet I can't help it. So uh, that's that. Uh, this week, we head off to Sonoma Wine Country, another road course. I know a lot of people think that there are too many road courses, but um, the road course racing is, is decent. It's not the best. The best is definitely on the mile and a half right now. Um, but the road course racing is pretty good most of the time. And it's, it's fascinating to watch road course racing because of the strategy and, and some of the other things that, that come into play. Uh, so I, I enjoy Sonoma. We'll see if the race is any good this weekend, but it should be, should be an interesting race. All right. Coming up this week, of course, Chris will join us to talk about the headlines, including his take on Austin and Austin. Our guest this week is Justin Haley. Um, I love talking to Justin Haley just because, first of all, he's a super talented race car driver, but they're really, really building a team from scratch at College Racing. They're, they're kind of old school moving up in Xfinity Series team and they've had some bumps and bruises across the way but you see flashes right you just especially in Haley, you see flashes of it's there and and sometime real soon i feel like they're going to hit on it and they're going to go from being and we talk about this in our interview they're going to go from being a 20 to 13th place car to a 13 maybe a 15 to 10th place car and then they're just going to keep making those jumps. You can see it, and it's coming. So I love talking to Justin, and I think that's going to be really interesting. All right, let's get rolling. Let's start with Austin Sindrick. There is some debate. Should he have been? Should he be suspended? Should he not be suspended for the contact he had with Austin Dillon? NASCAR said this morning they've reviewed the data. They're not going to suspend him. It was just aggressive racing. Do you agree, and is there a difference between what Austin Cindric did last week and what Chase Elliott did two weeks ago? Um, I think that, let me start by saying, I think the Chase Elliott 
instant with with um, uh, Denny Hamlin was a pure retaliation act. Okay, he felt like Hamlin roughed him up or whatever, uh, crowded him, whatever, didn't race him the way he should have. That's that was Chase's, and obviously he he just was mad and frustrated, and he wanted to end Hamlin's day, so he reacted. And I'll be honest with you, I I, I totally agree with with you know NASCAR sitting him out and and, my, and making a penalty. I think I think that's what this needs. I think that's I think they did the right thing. The instance with Austin Dillon and Austin Cindric, I'm not sure that was anything that was related to a a previous moment or previous moments on the racetrack when Cindric thought that Dillon had raced him without respect or did anything to cause him position, I think that Cindric's move was simply just, it wasn't a good one. Um, uh, I can see where people would think that it was intentional and he might have been, might have needed to be set out or penalized somehow. I think that was a reaction to him trying to cover his ground and keep a pass from happening. And I do think it was, it was not necessary. And I think that had NASCAR decided to say, you know what, we're going we're gonna to make him sit out, we're going to bring out a penalty, and we're going to make him sit out just simply because he did something that was dangerous, I would have agreed. You know, um, I, I don't have the privilege of seeing the, the data that they see with the, with the SMT and seeing the steering trace, brake, throttle, and all that. That's, that's some really good information that you know, we've never had before until very recently. So they get to see a lot of things that the most of us don't get to see. But at the end of the day, I, I think that, I still say that NASCAR is gonna to have to be a little more aggressive when handing out these penalties, so to speak, when there's things that happen on the racetrack that are really endangering the driver's lives and health and other people's equipment. I think they need to be a little more aggressive to try to get this stuff slowed down just a little bit and people racing with a little bit more respect and remembering that there, there, there are things that are more important than just how I do in this race. Um, so Kyle Busch gets the win. He now has mm -hmm. three wins on the season. Do you just think that he needed a, maybe a change of scenery, that things that Joe Gibbs Racing had kind of run their course and that he just needed a different, maybe a different voice in his ear, whatever, for him to get back to being Kyle Busch? Because he certainly seems like he is at this point in the season. Heather, I think apparently so. Can I explain that or, or anybody explain that? I'm not even sure he could explain it or anybody else. But let's remember he had been there a long time and he had had a lot of success and then it had been some up and down there were always super high expectations for he and that team every season and when he didn't have a stellar year or didn't even have a really good year then it was you know there was a lot of talk about it and there was a lot of disappointment and i'm sure there was a lot of pressure there because of that um, he's in a completely different setting now 
Uh, I think he is out to prove himself, which is human. And I think he's put some energy behind that team and that organization, uh, which is also human. So I don't think there's, I, you know, good, good guy, bad guy in this thing. I just really don't think personally, I don't think there is a bad guy. I think it's just a, a situation, this is a tough, hard, exasperating business. And there's a lot of pressure because there's uh, a lot of money involved. Uh, money output and money intake. And it, it puts pressure on people to perform. And when it's not happening, um, you know, human, human reaction comes out. And, you know, sometimes you just psychologically need a change of pace. And I think that's what happened all the way around. And I think Joe Gibbs Racing is fine. And I think Richard Childress Racing is happier than ever. And it's, it's just going to be what it is. But he's definitely, he's won three, like you say, he's won three races now. And, and you might as well count on when the playoffs start, man, he is going to be, I mean, he is going to be motivated. So Corey LaJoy got a chance to drive the nine car this weekend. It was not a great run for him, but it looked like Hendrick in general was kind of out to lunch this weekend. So I'm just curious, do you put any of that on Corey or did Hendrick just come kind of not with the right setup this weekend? Well, um, it kind of, you know, there was times when William Byron was led the race um, and looked really good. And then they, they got, uh, had a, slow pit stop and got back in the pack and never could really get back up to the front to contend uh, through pit strategy late in the race they they wormed their way back up through there Kyle Larson was really struggling at the first of the race and and throughout most of the first half and then finally through some pit strategy and some timely cautions and this that other he found his way to the front and Kyle Larson stayed at the front uh, you know, he was leading the race for a while and everybody was like, how in the world does this happen? So I don't know about the nine. I would be more inclined to say, you know, the nine itself has been off this year. I don't know if I would specifically blame it on the Hendrick cars. Uh, did they have their best performance? No. This, this is true, but I think that the nine itself and then just jamming Corey in there to start with and right off the bat, I mean, before the race even got started, he uh, accidentally hit the kill switch on the steering wheel and ended up having to start dead last. So it, it, those things will come along from time to time. And I don't know, um, could, could they have gotten somebody different, done something different? I don't know. This was their choice to make. And I think Corey's accomplished enough and done enough to where he's earned some respect he deserved a chance will it come along again i don't know you know um, um gateway's tough race tough place to be and like you said the hendricks weren't exactly the best out there but um, he just i know he's disappointed i know corey's disappointed uh but he's got a pretty good team to drive every week so you know on life goes uh there were a lot of trouble with uh brake rotors mm. exploding. Explain how that happens because I know a lot about cars, but I did. I guess I don't really understand how or why that happens during the race. Well, the uh, common explanation was the reasons given is 
you, you have cooling to these brakes. You have air ducts in the front nose piece and there'll be uh, duct hose and fans that'll blow cool air onto the brake parts, the rotors and the calipers, and try to cool everything on both sides, left and right, front brakes and rear brakes. But the, these rotors, if you saw, that they're, they are huge. You know, they're about that thick and great big around. And these rotors are built to cool very quickly. Well, what happens in a situation like at Martinsville, you know, there's, there's not a lot of time for those rotors to cool because you're on the brakes so hard and then you go down the straightaway and in a matter of seconds you're on those brakes again and this happens for 500 laps you know so the brakes stay at a pretty constant pretty hot temperature and that that temperature the brake pads and the rotor is designed that's where the brakes work the best they have the most grip they have the most stability they have the most consistency what was happening at Gateway, apparently Gateway has two long straightaways between the two turns. It's a mile and a quarter racetrack instead of a half mile. And turn one, you'd have more brake pressure than even at Martinsville or even the road course races. Well, and you get, you, you build up a lot of heat and then going down the straightaways, there's a much longer time for those brakes to cool. And they go through cycles of heating and cooling, heating and cooling, which makes the material, the metal of the rotors, more brittle. And as many cautions as they had, they had some red flags. Uh, apparently just they, the, all the rotors were just going through those cycles and they were getting more brittle and more brittle. And then when they went back to green and ran a few laps, they got real hot and they just, the metal came apart and exploded in bad situations. There were some ugly, ugly wrecks right there. And I'm glad, I'm glad, no, I guess nobody was. I'm glad nobody was hurt. Pro Sonoma, this week, I know that's a track you really enjoy. Talk yeah. about the keys to getting around at Sonoma. Sonoma is, you know, the biggest thing is the, is the temptation of not get too indulged in the wine country. But anyway, uh, it's a beautiful place, beautiful racetrack. I love racing there. I wish it was a little closer to our end, but that's, you know, it's a beautiful place. And this is a true road course, man. This thing goes up and down hills. There's a lot of elevation changes. There's right, left, there's really flat corners, there's decambered. There's places that have a little bit of runoff and places to pass. And then there's a lot of places that are very, very, very narrow with a very small room for error. Uh, the track is also very old. It's been there a long time. It's been a while since they've done any really repaving or reconditioning of the racetrack. And you know, it sits out there in California where it's very hot uh, for majority of the year. Sun bakes that stuff. It gets very, very slick. And mostly what I think is gonna be the, the biggest issues for these crew chiefs and drivers to try is to make make the back end of the car squat, give, give them what we call forward drive or, or a lot of grip in the rear tires when they're on the throttle so they don't spin the rear tires and fishtail and also keeping that rear diffuser down on the ground which gives way more rear downforce. So um, it, it's, a, it, it's a fun place to be. It's also very frustrating at times to get the balance of the car right and get your driver happy. So um, as all road courses, uh, they're, they're going to take care of their drive, drive line, their gearbox, 
uh, all that stuff they're gonna have to take care of it they're gonna try not to wheel hop the rear brakes going in the corners they got to take care of those brakes because again this is a place where there's some straightaways in between some of these corners and you know they're going to have to be smart about how much they cool the brakes and how much they use them save them uh, stay on the racetrack try not to tear the body off the thing uh, piss strategy again is going to be very important because it's hard to pass uh, those guys sitting up on top of the box thinking about changing tires and how much mileage, how, how far can I stretch this run, when do I need to pit, guessing when a caution may come out or not come out. It, it may, you know, for a, a crew chief it's hard, but it's, it, it's actually pretty fun. I enjoy it. I've had some frustrating days there, had some pretty good days there, but uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good road race, and if you enjoy road racing, this is always a good one to watch. So we'll see. Daniel Suarez was the man. He was the heat last year out there, won the race. So we'll see if he can come back and repeat. So first of all, thank you, Justin, for joining us this week. Um, kind of coming up on the halfway point of the season. I can't believe we're already there. I guess you guys have some Sonoma and then your first kind of break of the year. So you guys are like 22nd, I think, in points. How would you kind of evaluate what you guys have, have accomplished up to this point? Um, I think it's been a uphill battle um, so far, but the past few weeks, starting with the Coca-Cola 600, I feel like we've kind of leveled off and found uh, a good spot for our team. Um, we still obviously have our issues and, and um, things that we need to strive to be better at, and we have things that we're really good at. So, um, you know, I think we finished last year in points 23rd. So, um, you know, being 22nd obviously is, is a step in the right direction. But when you get to the high teens, to the, you know, early 20s of, of points, I mean, it's just so hard and um, definitely difficult. So, um, yeah, I feel like we have a, a decent spot right now that we're in. And, and uh, as long as we can kind of maintain that, I think we'll be good. It seems like for you, for all of college really uh, this year in the Cup Series, you guys have run well. It's the finishes that seem to escape you. So how do you guys take that next step and turn, you know, 15th place running all day into 15 to 10th place finishes? Yeah, I, I mean, it's just execution. A lot of that comes down to pit road. Um, we um, don't have our own in-house pit crew, so it's it's hard for us to control a lot of that. But um, I feel like we do the best with what we have. And, um you know the the races are long and you have to keep up the track so there's been some races this year where we've ran pretty good and i feel like we just haven't kept up with the track um and when you know just time and experience to for me to be able to relay information to my crew chief better so um yeah i mean i don't i don't know necessarily if we have the raw speed that we did last year but um like i said the past two weeks have, have really been a step in the right direction and and obviously with kyle um, Bush dominating Gateway and us being an RCR Alliance car, we get that information. And um, the better those guys run, the the better we're going to run. So this week, you guys head to Sonoma. I think everybody automatically thinks of your teammate when you go to the road courses. But how do you feel like you perform on the road courses? Yeah, not bad at all. Um, we finished 12th last year at, at Sonoma, so I thought that was a good run for us. Um, you want to have a good run, uh, especially this week, because then you – have a whole off week to think about it so um yeah this is one of those races it's like this one and the last race of the season you you just want to be um good and i guess the first I, you want all of them to be good but 
Um, I feel like this is the the halfway point in the season, kind of mentally. And um, if you can have a good run here and kind of see where you stand, uh, I think Sonoma's a, a pretty big um, stepping stone. And, and also for the road courses to come. I mean, we, we've already had our one uh, at Circuit of the Americas, but um, head to Sonoma now and, and kind of see where we really are. I mean, I feel like you're close enough that you're in this group of guys that they can really go to a track and, and win a race and, and maybe steal a place in the playoffs. Are there tracks specifically that you guys target to do that up, up in the schedule or do you just kind of take it week by week? No, no, I think it's week by week right now. Just trying to just trying to get to the racetrack and uh, perform at our highest capability. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't I don't know if, if we have the resources to go ahead and circle one and you know put that car out and and start working on it early i mean i feel like um we're getting closer to being able to do that i feel like chris rice and everyone we've made some good changes um at college racing to be able to do that but um yeah right now i just feel like we just um are week to week trying to find um you know what works for us but i would think there would be some places where there'd be opportunity just like for instance this weekend because of strategy with no no uh no pit uh stage breaks at the road courses there's maybe more of an opportunity this week than there might have been in the past in the road course no yeah i mean um it's kind of yes kind of no i mean if it goes green strategy obviously is is big but um usually in races like that the fastest car is just going to walk away with it and win so um you know opportunity maybe i you know i think for um strategy really to come into play this weekend it would uh you'd have to get a caution somewhere around a pit cycle or during a pit cycle something that really shakes up the strategy of, of where you are on tires and, and things like that so um yeah i mean there's there's opportunity races right but um honestly you can make any race an opportunity race if you, if you play your cards right so uh with that being said what what's the goal for this year? You said you were twenty third last year. You're twenty second now. Is it just to to maybe finish your point standings improvement for the year? I mean, what what are you guys targeting week to week? Yeah, I mean, we have some really capable cars that are behind us in points, and and I feel like there's a few cars in front of us in points that shouldn't be. So, um, a little give, little take. Um, you know, I'm not sure about our goals. I, I think right now we're just trying to get good feels, good feel, in our race cars. I feel like me and AJ have, have been struggling with the feel that we want. Um, and also me and AJ are just so different um, of race car drivers. He's an open wheel road course guy. I'm a dirt guy. Um, so you really can't put the same setup in the same car and, and expect us to go the same speed. It just isn't how it works. So um, we've been, you know, fighting hard on, on trying to figure out what we call each other's Delta, um, how much tighter or freer my car needs to be to go faster than his or, or so on so um yeah uh, again i just feel like the past few weeks we've hit our stride i mean he finished uh 14th and 15th or we finished 14th and 15th at um the coach 600 and we finished 14th and 16th this weekend so um pretty much two identical runs and if we can just stay right there in that 15th place um you know area then you know you'll get um better or worse so for my final thought, I want to talk about something that everybody always, well, not everybody, but a lot of people want to talk about this day, these days, which is, are there too many road courses? Are we making too many right-hand turns along with the left-handers in the Cup Series? 
you know, back in the day there was Riverside and then there, for the longest time it was just Sonoma and Watkins Glen and we didn't really make a lot of stops other places in road courses. And then, you know, we start sneaking in another road course, another road course and the Roval and now the street race and is NASCAR trying to be too much like IndyCar and F1? And I'll ask this question, is it a bad thing? Like there are things about all three series that are really good and fascinating to me. I'll admit it, I'm not an F1 fan. Past the start, I think the racing's really boring, but people love that love F1, I'm not convinced that they really love the racing. What they love is the personalities and the pomp and circumstance of a street course. It's an event, right? You go there to be seen. And, you know, when you're trying to get people to the track, NASCAR could take a little page out of that book. You know, the more people you get tracked wanting to be there, wanting to be seen, the more the attendance goes up. So I don't think it's a bad thing that they're taking that from F1 and trying the street course because we want more people to watch this sport. I think IndyCar, man, it has some of the best racing right now. And I think I've said this before, but I'll say it again. If you're not watching IndyCar, you're missing out. And so a lot of that comes from the, the drivers are very well disciplined in both the road courses and the street courses. I guess it would be both. It would be the road courses, street courses, and the ovals, which makes the driving super competitive in that in that league. And it's really fun to watch. So then NASCAR, you know, it's physical. One of the things that drivers always say when they come over from other disciplines is just how physical NASCAR is. So that particularly can be on display at the road courses because of how tough those courses are. The elevation changes, the right-handers along with the left-handers, how narrow some of those turns can be, braking zones, all of those things. So I love the road courses. I don't love them as much right now because this car is not that great on the road courses. But in general, I love the road courses. I think we're at a right at a sweet spot in the amount of road courses. I wouldn't want to see more road courses than what we have right now. But I, I don't know that I would want to see any, uh, any less. I, I certainly wouldn't want to go back to one or two a year. I think that that's not enough. If you're trying to be the best drivers in the world, you should be able to conquer. Uh, conquer different types of racing. So count me in among those who say we're probably right about the right amount of road courses in NASCAR and of course road courses this week at Sonoma. Enjoy the race. We'll see you next week on the Backstretch.